Welcome to the podcast of the First Baptist Church of Gray, Georgia. Led by Pastor Randy Darnell, FBC Gray seeks to help people of all walks of life find Jesus and give Jesus away. If you are ever in the middle Georgia area, we would love to see you at one of our services. You can learn more about us at fbcgray.org. Now let's join Pastor Randy as we take another look into God's Word. been shouting in this place. Goodness gracious. Goodness gracious. Not only that, we've got, we've got a message today that the Lord has brought to us. We are two weeks, uh, two or more messages, uh, two more messages. Knock these out of the way so they don't trip and y'all laugh at me and it's on video so that you can see it forever and that would just be horrible. We have two more messages left. Uh, two more messages left in the book of Romans. We can see the runway. The ground's rushing up to us. We're almost there. Paul has opened our eyes. And in the book of Romans, this has been one of the best studies. I've said that to you so many times, you're probably tired of it. One of the best studies that I have ever participated in, done in my whole life. And Paul, just a few things as reminders right quick that Paul has opened our eyes to. One of the things right now during this pandemic, when you are stuck at home, Look around yourself and remember what Paul says in Romans chapter 1 when he says, For what can be known about God is plain to them, is plain to us, because God has shown it to us for his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and his divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. He told us that Jesus is always right on time. We hear in Romans 5, for while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. He tells us that we have heard the power of the gospel, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And we have learned, we have learned, we have learned that we are free such a hard concept for us to understand, but he has told us, for the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. You have been set free from the law of sin. You have been set free from death. Now, one of the things that the study of Romans has done for me, and I pray, I pray for you that that it will do the same thing for you is to show you, it has shown me, that everything that we have always wanted, everything that we have needed in us, that thing in us for contentment, for peace, for joy, for fulfillment, to feel like we've got a purpose, to feel like we, to, to, to feel like we are having the life that we want to have, that that very thing that we want really is right under our noses. It is right here right in front of us all of the time. Scripture today is Romans 15. Take out your Bibles if you would. Romans chapter 15, we're going to do the first 13 verses today. Next week we'll finish off chapter 15 and be in part of 16. We're getting into the place where he's, he's saying, you know, goodbye to folks or say, not goodbye, he's saying to, to greet folks and kiss some folks and hug some folks and all that kind of stuff. We'll get to that next week and then the, the week after that will be the final week of this. Right now, Romans chapter 15, verses 1 through 13. 
This is what the word of the Lord says to us this morning. We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. For Christ did not please himself, but as is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. For I tell you that Christ became a servant to the circumcised to show God's truthfulness in order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs and in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. As it is written, therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. And again it is said, rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all the peoples extol him. And again, Isaiah, listen to all the scripture he's quoting. And again, Isaiah says, the root of Jesse will come, even he who arises to rule the Gentiles, in him will the Gentiles hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Now, back in the day, back in the day, I was a manager at Bell South in, in the Macon Small Business Office, and we were running, probably in those days, we were running 80 maybe 70, 80 people in our office. Christmas time, we like to have a Christmas office, an office Christmas party. And we sort of put on the dog this year. We went to, uh, uh, across the Macon City Auditorium, there is a, uh, a, a, a venue that you can rent out. It's a loft type thing. I wish I could remember the name of it because it's really beautiful. It's a great place to have an event like this, up on the second floor. We had it catered. We had good food. It was a big deal. We expected everybody to dress up and all this kind of stuff. Well, I was a manager, so I was a host of the, of the event. And my job as a host is to do what hosts do, mingle with people, walk around, talk, make sure that they were having a good time, make sure that they had everything that they needed, just make it a good night for folks. Now, there's this one couple that came in that caught my, that caught my eye. They were uh, a very handsome couple. She was very, very pretty, and he was very, very handsome. It's one of those couples that no matter where you are, when they walk into the, walk into the room, everybody sort of looks over and glances and glances back because they had a certain charisma about them. And I noticed after a while when I'd walk past her, that she was always sitting by herself. And I didn't really understand. I would, I would look around to find him, and I would always find him chatting up another woman in another part of the room. He always left his wife to fend for herself while he was on the prowl. That reminded me of an old southern saying, Shania Twain, Shania Twain, <laughs> Ah, that was good. Shania, Shania Twain did a song back in the 90s by the title of this old southern saying, except she, she sort of brought the English back into proper English. And what her song says, dance with the one that brought you. But the old southern saying, I like the southernism better, dance with the one that brung you. 
That's the way we believe in the South. I believe that's the way people believe. Dance with the one who brung you. He should be dancing with the one that brought him. He was dancing with the wrong gal. His gal was the one that had brung him. Without his gal, he couldn't have been there at this party at all. We wouldn't have let him come into the room. He was dancing with the wrong partner. He was ignoring what was right in front of him. Todd Friel is the host of a program called Wretched. It's a Christian program. It used to be on a local station in the Macon area around midnight. I don't think it's on anymore, but I know uh, they've got the Wretched website and, and there's all kinds of podcasts and things that Todd Friel does. I don't know if he's still on television anywhere. He's a lot different from the slick-dressed happiness and health gospel preachers you see during the daytime. And just off for one split second, I know this annoys some of you, but I can't help it. You be careful with those slick preachers on TV. They're preaching a health and wealth gospel to you that is not biblical. You be careful what you're hearing. He's not one of those guys. He is completely different. He is a very interesting guy. And occasionally on his program, they would videotape him or record him on college campuses witnessing to college kids. And he has the same routine that he would do every time. He would get them to talking about themselves and eventually get them to a point where they would say that they were basically a good person. That's what we all feel. We all feel like we're basically a good person, right? Doesn't matter where you are. I have a feeling, I don't know, but I have a feeling that if you went to prisons, you would find that in the prison they had a certain pecking order, that some people were worse than other people, and that they would be better than somebody else. It's just the way our minds operate. And so he would get them to the point where they'd say that basically they're a good person. And then he'd ask them three questions. He would ask them, have you ever lied? Well, you know the question, that's right, because every last is yes, because every last one of us at some point in our life has told a lie. We probably tell a lie every day that comes. If it was a guy, he would ask the guy, have you ever looked at a girl with lust? Or if he's talking to a girl, he would say, have you ever looked to a guy at a guy with lust? And the answer to that question is always yes. We're kind of wired for this sexual thing, and that happens to us. The third question he would ask is, have you ever stolen anything? And the answer to that is always yes, too. We've all stolen something. Now, imagine that a couple of you are sitting at home saying, Randy, you don't know me. I've never stolen anything in my life. Maybe so. I might give you that one, except let me ask you this question. Did your, did your mother ever ask you or tell you when you were growing up, you cannot have one of those cookies? You can't have one of those cupcakes till after supper. And you went and snitched the cookie or you snitched a cupcake anyway without your mother knowing. You know what you did? You stole. It wasn't yours to have, and yet you took it. I believe we've all stolen something in our lives. So then he would look at the person and he would say to them, you say you're a good person, but we have established that you are a lying, lustful thief. And Friel knew that they were going to answer the questions that way ahead of time because of what Paul has told us already back in Romans 3. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Not a one of us, not a one of us, not a one of us deserves to be at this dance called the body of Christ. 
There's not a one of us that deserves on our own merits to be at this dance. The only way that we're involved in this dance is that Jesus brung us to this dance. We need to dance with the one who brung us. In verses 1 through 3, Paul is wrapping up a discussion that we've had for the last couple of weeks. I'm not going to dig back into that one anymore except to just breeze along the top of it here. Talking about how people who are strong in the faith should get along with people who are weak in the faith. And essentially what he's telling us is he's telling us to all get along because he knows us. And he knows that our favorite pastime is being king of the hill. Playing the game king of the hill. I know that you've heard this from me before. I hope that I've taught it to you because it's a very important point for you to know. I learned this in college. So listen and and get it down. The saying is, is that where two or three Baptists are gathered in my name, there'll be a fight. It's a given. It always happens. In fact, what will happen is where two or three Baptists are gathered in Christ's name, first thing we'll do is we'll form a couple of committees, and then we'll have a fight because that's the way we operate. It is how we work. And the fight that occurs always occurs Because somebody thinks that what they need or what they want is more important than what the person over here wants. That what they want might be silly, but what I want is the best thing. And so we have a fight. And Paul says, no, you look out for weaker members. You don't fuss with weaker members. You don't put things in weaker members' way to make them stumble. And and he says in the scripture we just read, to please our neighbor for their good, and to build them up. And then he does something that you would expect, but he does it in an unexpected way. Then he says he's going to give us an example from Jesus, which makes perfect sense. You know, we're supposed to put up with him. Let me show you how Jesus put up with you. That's what you would think he would do, but he doesn't do that. He he does it wrong. What he says instead is, for Christ did not please himself, just like he told us a minute ago, don't please yourself, look out for them. For Christ did not please himself, but now listen what he said. As it is written, the reproaches of those who approached you fell on me. Instead of showing us how Jesus puts up with us, Paul shows us just how much Jesus loves the Father. You hear that? He's not not showing us an example of how much he loves us by putting up with us. He gives us an an example of how much Jesus loves his Father. Now, let me tell you about reproach right quick, what that is. We we talked about that on our Wednesday in the Word uh, Facebook Live on Wednesday. In case you didn't get to see that, reproach is a word we don't use much anymore. Mostly it's in the church, you find it in the Bible. But reproach is something that you understand. You know it well. If anybody has ever told you you are stupid, you are dumb, you are ugly, you are fat, you are whatever, they treated you with reproach. That's what that word means. Reproach means to revile someone, to chide someone, to yell at someone, to rail at someone. When you see these viral videos where somebody's blasting somebody from here to kingdom come and they just keep on and they keep on and they keep on, they're treating them with reproach. So in this example, what Jesus is talking to the Father and saying, he's saying all of that nastiness that all of these people are are pouring out on you, 
I'm taking it. It's falling on me. It's mine, and I'm okay with it. I'll take it. Jesus was dancing with the one that brung him. I know you remember this verse. Everybody that's ever been in church memorizes this. It's the first part. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. The reason Jesus came is because the father sent him, right? He gave. So following my train of thought here, Jesus Jesus is a part of this dance, this salvation dance, this Christian dance, this body of Christ dance, because the Father brought him. And much, and because the Jesus, and because Jesus loves the Father so much, listen, because Jesus loves the Father so much, he can endure anything we throw at him. He can endure any sin that we ever committed. He could do any evil, horrible hatred that has occurred on the face of this planet, Jesus could deal with it because of his love for the Father. He danced with the one who brung him. We Christians, we're at the dance because Jesus brung us to this dance. We don't deserve to be here. We are all, we are all lying, adulterous thieves. (laughs) You You may go, Randy, I'm not too happy you calling me that. Yeah, stinks to be you, stinks to be me. It's the way it is. It's who we are. But we are at this dance because Jesus loved the Father so much that he took our lying, lustful thievery on himself so that the Father would see him on the cross with our lying, lustful, thieving selves, sins hanging on him. So that when the Father looked at us, he would see Jesus' righteousness. Jesus bought the ticket for us to come to this dance. We couldn't couldn't come up with a prize. But Jesus bought the ticket. We simply came to the dance with him. I want you, if you seriously think about this, do you see how much God loves you? Do you see? Because, Because we're so in love with Jesus. Listen, we're so in love with Jesus for bringing us to the dance. Our brothers and sisters' weaknesses don't matter to us. Do you understand? Why, why would you be upset because somebody believes that, that, that there's going to be a rapture and then the, the second coming is going to come this way and this is the way it's going to work and somebody else doesn't believe it's that way, they believe it another way and some people don't believe it at all. Why would you get upset about all of that stuff when, when the fact of the matter is, is that Jesus brought us to the dance. Dance with the one who brung you. And as we go through this the scripture in, in Romans chapter 15, it is absolutely chock full of the ways of God, how he has loved us. Verse 4 says, for whatever was written in former days, listen to me all and understand what this text is saying. What was written in the former days was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. Paul's referring to the Old Testament here. No, what in the world? I mean, what in the world? You go back to the Old Testament. What in the world do you find in the Old Testament? You find all kinds of war and death, and you find all kinds of perversion. Let me tell you something, moms and dads. When you sit down to read the Bible with your children, get a Jesus storybook Bible to start with because you're going to be smart, and you're going to read from cover to cover and take your kids through all this, and then you're, I don't know, Genesis 8, 9, 10, somewhere around there. All of a sudden, you're finding something in there that you go, I can't really read this to my kids right now because we ain't had that discussion. Yeah, no, there's stuff in there that will make you blush. 
For those of you that are into this kind of stuff, it's patriarchal. I mean, it is patriarchal as all get out. And, and in places, it is just doggone hard to understand. There's places in it that talks about numbers. There are places in it that talk about names and genealogies and all of this stuff. It's hard, and, 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 and all of that is true on the surface. But if you read it, if you will read it, if you'll stop and read it, you see that God is devoted to his chosen people. Listen to me. No matter how much, you go back and read the Old Testament and you watch and, and look for this. No matter how much they mess up, God would discipline them and he would rescue them. He did it over and over and over again because he made a promise to them. And God doesn't break his promises. Over and over and over again, we see God rescuing his children from every calamity that they got themselves into. And they get themselves into some doozies and never did he break his promise to them. That's what God does for his people. And because you have written proof. See, this, isn't just, this is written proof of what God promised and what he did. It is written proof. It has been around for 3,500 plus years. Written proof that this is who God is. This is how he operates. And this is what he does for his children. God rescues his chosen. He did it before. He rescues us now. I will endure. You heard through the endurance. I can hang on because I see, listen, I, will, I can hang on. Because I see over and over and over again that at the right time, God always rescues his people. So this COVID-19 stuff that's going on, listen, you can endure this. You can endure this through the endurance. You can hang on because at the right time, God rescues his people. Maybe you're going through a divorce that you never wanted in a million years. Listen to me, you can hang on. You can make it. You can endure. Why can I say that? Because you know this God, and he always rescues his people. Do you hear me? He will rescue you as well. Maybe you're fighting with an addiction now. Maybe you're fighting with a million things. I can't name them all. Let me tell you, right here the Scripture's telling you, through this endurance, you hang on, because at the right time, God always rescues his people. Always. Verses 5 and 6, may the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accordance with Christ Jesus that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The whole point of us getting along, folks, the whole point of us getting along is not so we can hold hands or socially distance hold hands and sing kumbaya to one another and oh, don't we love each other so much. The whole reason for us to get along is so that we can join our voices with one voice and glorify God. That's why the community Thanksgiving service is such a big deal to so many people. Why they keep saying we should do it more and more every year. Because for one moment, in one place, at one time, the entire body of Christ, no matter what the division is that might be between us, for one moment, the entire body of Christ is glorifying God at the top of their lungs, praising Jesus for what he's done for us. This section is chock full of stuff like this. 
This is why we do this. This is what God does. Verse 7, he welcomed us. He greeted us with open arms. Verse 8, Jesus came like he did to show us the truthfulness of God. After verse 8, Paul is going to spit out scripture, Old Testament scriptures like a machine gun to prove that the Old Testament was talking about Jesus. The Old Testament was saying Jesus is going to come. The Old Testament has promise after promise after promise that there will be a final Messiah, a final rescue. There'll be a final time. He keeps saying that over and over again. The whole point, the Spirit's been talking about the talking about Jesus in the Old Testament for centuries, for hundreds of years, God has promised a rescuer would come for his people, and now that rescuer has come. You can read it, you can see it, you can say it. God did it when he sent Jesus to live and die and live again for our sins. The rescuer is here. You can hold on and endure whatever you're going through because the rescuer has come. Verses 15, uh, verse 13, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. God's the God of hope. How do we have hope? In believing, he says. When we believe something truly supernatural happens, the Holy Spirit fills our spirit with hope. When we truly believe, when we stake our lives on Jesus, when we dance with the one that brung us, we don't want anyone else. We don't want anyone else. And God blesses that over and over and over again. Now, I know, I know, I, 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 got the, I, I love the country thing, you know. And I keep saying the phrase, dance with the one who brung you. I'm doing it for a reason. Y'all, and I need you to stop, and I need whatever you're doing in the house right now, whatever you're doing, pay attention. Maybe, you're, maybe you've got the, the computer going while you're getting lunch ready for folks, or, or maybe there's something going on in another room or something. I need Stop, stop, no. Pay attention right now. I want, you to, I want you to think. This is important. Think with me for a minute. Think back on your life. I want you to think about everything that you learned about God when you were in church. Now, the first thing I want you to think about, and I pray with all of my heart that you know already, and if you have never trusted Jesus as your Savior, listen to this. This, this is the big deal. This is the find Jesus part of find Jesus and give Jesus. I pray that you understand that Jesus was born of a virgin and lived a perfect life. I pray that you learned that, that evil men came and took him and nailed him to a tree thinking they were doing something when in all actuality what they were doing is setting up the greatest rescue of all time. Because every sin that I ever committed, every stain that covers my, my heart went off of me that day and went on to Jesus. The same thing can happen for you. Exactly the same thing. And I pray that you've heard that and you know that, that Jesus took your sins to the grave and he left them there. And three days later, God raised Jesus back to life again so that he would be known as the Lord of the living and the dead. I said just a minute ago, it's here. It's in the book. You've got a book that tells you what happened. It's not a fairy tale. It's it's. There's, there's, there are stories in here written by people that saw it happen, eyewitness accounts, some of the best attestation of ancient books, the Bible's got it. 
I pray that you learn that. I pray that you trust that that occurred, not as a historical fact, but that it occurred for you. And then the next thing that I hope that you learned is, is, is the, the word that we've used a lot of lately about repenting. That because you see that Jesus did that, you knew your sinfulness and the way that you'd been living and the way that you'd been running your life. Maybe you're not a bad person. Maybe you've lived a very, very good life, but it's still not the life that God wanted you to live because the Scripture says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. God created you for a special glory that you've not attained. And you can't attain on your own without him. And so you turned from the way that you used to live, and now you've turned to Jesus to follow him. I pray that, that all of us have that. And if you've never done that, if you've never trusted Jesus as your Savior, I invite you right now, tell him you want that. No big deal prayer, no long stuff. Turn to Jesus and say, I want a rescuer, and I want to follow you, and I will follow you. But now for those of you that have been, been in the church all your lives, now, talk, now, now let's think about what happened next. After you were saved, after you were baptized, what happened next? Well, then you went to church and you started learning things. And we taught you that you should be like Abraham. You should be willing to go wherever God leads you to go. We taught you to be like David. To go out and fearlessly conquer all the giants in your life. We taught you to be wise like Solomon. To love like Ruth does. We taught you to be strong and courageous like Joshua. If you had to suffer like Job. But you remember now that God gave Job back more after the suffering than he had to begin with. We taught you how to be married. We taught you how to have good kids. We taught you how to manage your money. We taught you how to manage your time. We taught you how to resist and overcome sin. We have taught you to dance with everybody except the one who brung you. We have taught you over and over and over how to be in control of your own life. And I'm sorry that I was one that, that helped people do that. Because it's wrong. I may be crazy, but I believe the reason that the world is so unhinged right now is because the church has been dancing with the wrong gal. If you've been near me this week, if you've been near me this week, you know that last week I watched the movie, The American Gospel. And in that movie, I met a guy by the name of Dr. Brian Chappelle, or it could be Chapel. I don't know how he pronounces it. He's Presbyterian. You know how those people are. What he said so gripped me that I had to go back to the movie and find where he talked so I could get his quote perfectly. And this is what he said. What is the only reason sin has any power in your life? It's because we love it. If sin did not attract you, it would have no power. And as hard as it is to hear, it is a wonderful understanding that the power over sin is a greater love. Now, I'm afraid that you heard that and you're going, okay, fine, Randy. No, 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 no. No. You see, for all of my life, I've struggled to be a good boy. All of my life, I've struggled to be a good boy. Some of you that are watching this, I know because now we're out on the internet, maybe some of my old friends are seeing this and going, you didn't struggle too dang hard now, did you, white boy? Mm. You're right. 
I failed, and, and one of these days, if I meet you face to face, there are some of you that I want to ask your forgiveness because I wasn't good. But inside me, I was trying to be good. I wanted to be good. I don't think I'm the Lone Ranger. I think every one of you are struggling to be good. In fact, I would venture a guess, and this breaks my heart, I would venture a guess that many times you've come to church hoping that today would be the day that I would hear the word that's the silver bullet that would that would kill the problem that I've got, that would be the answer that I'm looking for. Whatever battle you were facing, as hard as it was, that, that today's the day, maybe today's the day that, that the pastor will say something, that the minister of music will sing something, that the choir will do something, the praise team will say something, that a brother of Christian will say something that will, that will be the thing that will get me through what I'm going through. Everyone here knows the power of sin. Every last one of us. You've experienced the power of sin in your life. You know the pain and the heartache that it eventually brings. You enjoy it while it's going on. Don't lie to me and say you don't. I enjoyed my sin. I enjoyed the things that I did. But the aftermath of those things that have come along later in life that brought guilt and pain and took me to places that I didn't want to go. You know the helplessness you feel in the face of your sin. You've tried to be David. You've tried to conquer your giants. You've tried to be strong and courageous. You've done everything that you've been told to do as best as you can, and it didn't work. You have been dancing with the wrong gal. I was so intrigued by what Chappelle said that I went and looked for some more videos of him. As providence would ordain it, I believe God led me to them. He said exactly the same thing on another video, but he expanded it more. Of course, he's Presbyterian. He had to use a big word because Presbyterians like big words. He used the word sanctification. We use it in the Baptist church every now and then, but, you know, it's too many letters. You can't use it in in, uh, Scrabble, so we kind of move on. But sanctification is a good word. And in a nutshell, sanctification... Is God growing you and me up to look like Jesus? He is making us saintly. He's making us better. He's making us to reflect the glory that he wanted us to reflect in the first place. Is God teaching us how to be a person who reflects his glory in the way that we were designed? That that thing in you that wants, that's it. That's the thing. And sanctification isn't about increasing our willpower. It will not make you sin-proof because you're not strong enough to resist. That's not sanctification. Sanctification, listen, this is Chappelle. Sanctification is the way, listen, is the way that the Holy Spirit is changing my affections. I will do precisely what I love the most. For the one I love the most. Don't you love that? Don't you love that? I will do precisely what I love the most. 
for the one I love the most. Dance with the one who brung you. All the stuff that we've been taught over the years, it's not bad stuff. It's just it can't make us better because it doesn't have the power to make us better. Listen, let's me and you say something. Let's agree on something here. I know this is true, and I hope that you will agree with me that it's true. If you could make yourself better, you would have done it already, wouldn't you? If you could make yourself better... You're not waiting on something to do it. Think, well, one day I'll be better. If you could make yourself better, you would have done it already. I would have. But don't you see, doesn't your experience and what you've studied in the Bible prove that you will never be strong enough to whip your giants in all of your life? Don't believe it. It's a lie. There's only one thing that works, and that is to learn to love Jesus more than you love anything else. That we learn to love Jesus so much that we would give up anything. That when we say that little saying that we'll say, I'd give anything to have that. That in this case, I will give anything to have that. I will give anything to have that. Now, how do you do it? And see, this is where, this is where I wish that somebody had said this to me 50 years ago. I probably would have been too stupid to follow it. You know, dumb, back when you're young, you, you think you're invincible, that you can't die, and you think you're smarter than everybody else, and we all know that, and one day you'll grow out of it, and that's just the way it works. But maybe one or two of you will listen to me this morning. Listen to me. If you're a teenager, in your early 20s, maybe even in your early 30s, listen to me. The way you do this, and it sounds ridiculous, I know, is you hang out with Jesus. Now, now, how do I do that? Real quick. Read the scripture, but look for Jesus while you're reading. Don't read it for the story. Don't read it for the words. Don't read it to be smart. Read it to see Jesus in it. Look for Jesus in there. When you're reading the scripture, look for the promises that God made to his people and watch how God kept those promises over and over and over again. You watch that and you remember that every single time that he keeps those promises, every single time he is saying to you, the promises I made to them, I've made a promise to you that I will rescue you and I'll put my spirit in your heart and I'll write my laws on your heart and I'll teach you how to live. And I'll take you to a place that one day you'll leave this earth and you will not believe the glory of the place that I'm going to bring you to. He will do that for you. When you read the Bible, don't, don't dress it up. Don't dress it up. You be honest and you notice, you notice that every character in the Bible, every Bible hero is a screwed up mess. Every one of them. There's not a one of them you look at and go, well, I want to be just like him. Yeah, I want to be just like David, except I don't want to commit adultery. I don't want to have a man killed, and I don't want my family to go to pieces. David was a mess. Everybody, even Ruth. You think about how wonderful Ruth was, but you think about Ruth's story, and she slips into where all the men are sleeping overnight, and she, if I remember the story right, and she pulls up the, the blanket that Boaz has got and covers herself up with Boaz's blanket. She went in a room and slept with a bunch of men. Not, but she shouldn't have, really. All of them. All of them. 
What have they got on you? Nothing. They have nothing on you. Be honest and notice that every time God's people turned around, they got themselves into a mess. Brother and sister, (laughs) every time you turn around, you get yourself in a mess, don't you? I can get myself in trouble so fast and make your head swim. Every time, every time. And it's always because they're chatting up some other guy's gal. Or they're chatting up some other gal's guy. But God always comes in and rescues them. They always came back. Tears and heartbreak. They turn right around and do it again. Is that not you? And he didn't throw them away because he is faithful and true. Because he rescues us. Dance with the one who brung you. And Father, we pray. Lord, we pray this morning. And whenever people are watching this, wherever, whenever, however, Oh, Father, oh, Father, oh, Father, by the, by the mercies, by the mercies of the Lord, show them, teach them that they can't be good enough, but show them that there is one who is good enough and that he will rescue them from all of their sin, from all of their pain, from all of their heartache, that he will teach them to endure the hard times, that he is not promising them health. He is not promising them happiness as the world offers it. He is not promising them wealth. He is promising that they will have a love that will see them through this world of woes that we live in and that they will be with their lover forever. They'll dance with Jesus through eternity. Oh, Father, let your people hear that. Please, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for another episode from FBC Gray. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a single message. For more information about First Baptist Gray, visit us online at fbcgray.org. We hope you'll join us next week as we continue helping people find Jesus and give Jesus away. Thank you.